Top Shelf Fantasy, brought to you by Corey Dows, Tom Craig Penny, and Scotty Milne. Let's get into it, baby. All right, Podcast 68, Top Shelf Fantasy. So this podcast, we're going to be going over an intro to uh, basically our Salary Cat Dynasty League that all four of us uh, participate in. Um, it, it's 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 quite a league. It's very complex. Uh, we joke around and call it the Psychopath League. So we want all of you uh, to to get on get on our level, I guess, uh, and jump into something as complex um, as usual. You can listen to the podcast over at TopShelfFantasy.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Top Shelf FNTS Rot. Why? Uh, let's just go around the room, see what everybody's drinking. I know you guys already cracked them, but we can still talk about it. I got a Miller Lite. It's boring, but yeah, I got a uh, Downey Cider, the original, the one that started it all. Um, I have a Shine On by Greater Good. It's a double IPA, dry hopped, hazy, very sexy. Uh, Twisted Tea. It was in my fridge. Well, yeah. it's cold. Cold beer is good. Um, all right, awesome. So some news and notes to jump into real quick. Um, Dalvin Cook, uh, I think, shocked a lot of people coming out saying that he was going to hold out. Now it says that he's very unlikely to hold out. Um, but we're hearing reports that he wants in between the 13 to $15 million uh, range, which means... In order for him to be unlikely to hold out, the the Vikings would have to pay him that. And I don't think that it is going to be what the salary is, so I think he's going to have to settle for something less. Um, I don't know what else you guys are hearing uh, on Dalvin, but it's a, it's a big piece of news because it's one of the premier running backs in the league that you might not have in 2020. Yeah, and we talked about this like months ago, those four-year running backs, you always scare, you know, the... Joe Mixon's, Delvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones type players that are going in the fourth year, they always want that security because they know the running back positions could be just done in a second. And Cook's a very injury-prone guy, so I don't blame him, but I don't think the Vikings will come close to 13 a year because no, that's, that's top three, I think, mistake. right? Yeah, that would be a huge mistake to go to 13 million, even for Delvin Cook, who looked like he – was a world beater last year. It's just it's too much money to pay at the position. Yeah, I yeah. mean they did save some money with with losing Cooks. I mean uh, Diggs, but at the same point, you know they're they're not going to go in just a direction of one monster running back on their offense. I mean they have one of the highest paid quarterbacks. Right, and and I think where these these running backs are starting to go wrong with like Lev Bell and Dalvin Cook and and even Zeke last year is they see these massive contracts that other teams sign other running backs right the Todd Gurley's uh, David Johnson's but those are mistake, those are mistake yeah. contracts right like it was a mistake to sign those running backs to that and I don't think the running backs of today teams are getting smarter and they're seeing that and they're saying okay you know what just because they made a mistake doesn't mean we're gonna do it. Because the next guy we talk about is Todd Gurley, who just passed his physical for Atlanta. I mean, I know coronavirus and COVID-19 and whatever had a lot to play in that delay. But there was a lot of skepticism around him even being able to pass it. So I think from Dalvin Cook's perspective to say, okay, well, David Johnson is making X amount. Todd Gurley made X amount. It's like, okay, yeah, but those were mistake contracts, right? So 
I, I almost feel like we could probably say now confidently that any rookie running back going into their, their fourth year deal, very likely candidate to hold out. Yeah. I mean, you saw Melvin Gordon last year held out, could have gotten, I think 10 to 11 million. He said, no, now he makes eight. So like that didn't, it, I'm hoping it's they see it now where it doesn't work out anymore unless you're a Zeke because a Zeke's a world beater. Like he's a once in a lifetime kind of player. These running backs are not going to get that money anymore because, like you said, David Johnson, Devonta Freeman, Todd Gurley, these guys are on their last leg and they're still kind of young, but it just sh- shows you they can drop off so fast. Yeah, especially when you have another guy like uh, Alexander Madison looming behind Dalvin Cook. You know, Zeke didn't really have anybody looming behind him. So, yeah, sure, you pay the guy, but Melvin Gordon had Austin Eckler. And we saw how effective Austin Eckler was. Even Lev Bell had James Conner. We saw how effective James Conner was that first year. So you don't have a ton of leverage as Dalvin Cook with Alexander Madison and even Mike Boone to some extent there. And C.J. Hamm. Let's not forget about Oh, and C.J. Hamm. My apologies. In the the fullback. And so I think it's an interesting point that we make, and I know I'm spending a little bit more time than I think you guys anticipated, but we're talking about Dynasty, and I think it's a good point to start pointing out that in Dynasty, you want the young running back, fresh legs on the rookie contract, because when you get that those veterans, they're going to be holding out. They're not going to be getting the money they want. Craig, I know that you won a championship with Josh Jacobs, so I think you're headed in the right path starting a, a dynasty with, with Josh Jacobs, right? So, um, Yeah, and I followed that up with Mark Ingram, who's on his way out. So, Well, we'll see how <laughs> I'm going to end up losing one pretty soon. <laughs> we'll see how that whole thing plays out. Um, all right, yeah. And then uh, we had some notes on uh, COVID-19. Uh, the NFL had sent out a memo, I don't know, fairly recently, and I feel like I kept seeing more and more dates, and I tried to find them again, and I couldn't find them. But it looks like... They're saying the preseason is going to be shortened from four games to two games. Uh, virtual off seasons are extended uh, to the end of June. Um, no person can be in team meetings. I know I read somewhere that no team is going to be allowed to have a training camp until that entire team has been cleared to do so. So, like, I don't know how the NFL is going to administer that. Um, and then... I was seeing that there, there's still the optimism, uh, uh, you know, an optimistic approach to the full 17-game season. Even if it starts in October 15th, they'd have the Super Bowl sometime in February 28th. So it would kind of just shift everything back a bit. Um, but it's it's just interesting to note that, you know, we're used to September, you know, early September and our football starts. And we might be having to wait another month, which is incredibly sad. But we'll uh, keep an eye up to that. I don't know if anybody else has seen anything else. If you want to touch on on the COVID piece before we jump into the to the dynasty league. Okay, I'm getting thumbs down and, and head shaking. All right. Um, I will let me let me take a stab at at our format and kind of what our league is, and then I'll let you guys kind of get into the details a little bit. So, um, we're a salary cap league where basically you're given fake dollars and you have to sign players to fake contracts. Um, It's a half-point PPR league. Uh, We have two flexes. We have a minimum uh, roster requirement, a maximum roster requirement. Um, I think we start, what is it, 14 total players or something like that? No, excuse me. There's 14 total teams. Um, and, And we have a QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end. Two flexes, like I had mentioned, 
uh, 15-man bench in two IR spots. Um, so at any one point in time, the maximum amount of players that you can have is 26. Given that this is salary cap, these rosters are as big as they are, and with two flex spots in 14 teams, this is an incredibly deep league. And the conversations that we have with our league mates are just unbelievably wild. It, it is one of the most immersive leagues that I think any of us have been in. Um, so, Scotty, I'll hand it over to you to kind of continue to go down the list of, of different things we have outlined here that we want to bring up. Uh, but that's kind of the overall umbrella look at, at what we're getting into here. Yeah, I mean, I'm part of several leagues every year. And when this got brought up beginning of last season to me, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll join in a heartbeat. Um, thought it was kind of complex. Did not know how complex it was ever going to be, which is a lot of fun because it's literally a year-round thing where people are making trades in March. People are making three trades a day five trades a day in may i mean it's just a lot of fun so you got to kind of keep up with the the whole thing rookies injury news you know that changes the entire dynamic of of the league but um the next thing is our league administration with 14 people um it gets a little hectic so we decided to do a um it's called the bod um, mainly because we just all the people in there have fantastic bodies and are in, in great, great shape. But I uh, know it's a b- board of d- directors. <laughs> we have two commissioners, two, um, I don't know, uh, officers and one treasurer. So that one treasurer kind of keeps track of all the money. He actually puts m- money into his savings account that <laughs> he makes money throughout the year so we can use that on booze, just even more degenerates. Um, each manager has responsible, um, responsibility to set a valid lineup each week. Um, I know last year it happened a couple times with, um, some people. So I think as of right now, if no one starts a legit lineup, um, the commissioner can go in and, you know, manually put some people in to make it, you know, real. And I think the penalty now is losing a third round. I know people will talk about losing a second round made it kind of you know more intense because a th- third round pick is like all right i lost a third whatever so yeah um that's the league admin part of it um i don't know i'll, I'll give this well, one to dows or craig do you guys want this the salary okay yeah i can, I can, go, I can roll through salary real quick um so essentially what we have is a 250 dollars salary per team which is part of our initial buy-in to the league whatever that might be on a year-by-year basis um, realistically, that's just going to go up and up from, from where it is currently, but you get $250 for your 22 to 26 team players to administer how you see fit. Now this first year we had a, a draft, an inaugural draft where we only had a certain number of contracts to give out. We had six contracts for one, two, and three, one, two, three, and four years. So six each, um, that will change probably drastically as we go into more of a free for all as the league progresses. Um, who knows exactly what each team is going to break down as, but the options will remain to do a one year to a four year deal. And we um, can pretty much pick and choose whatever is the best deal for you and that player. However, you have to get them on your team. Essentially. Uh, We also have on top of the $250 that you use to buy into the league or the $250 cap that you get when you buy into the league is a $50 luxury tax 
which is paid dollar for dollar on top of the first 250 and a hard cap of 300. So you can't go over a $300 salary. If you decide to spend that $50 luxury tax, again, you're paying it dollar for dollar, which was just a way to kind of say, if you want to spend a little bit more and throw money into the league for the rest of us to use on, you know, I don't know, weekend getaways for our draft or, you know, uh, maybe weekly payouts for various different things. Great. You're welcome to do it. You make your push. You spend 50 more dollars. If you maybe know that you're not in position to contend in a given year, you don't have to spend that $50 luxury tax if you don't want to. I'm pretty sure every single person spent the full 300 this year, if I'm not mistaken, guys. I think I all but two people. Yeah. Almost, <laughs> everyone, almost everyone, when they heard that there was going to be a lux or luxury cap tax or a cap on that, everyone's like, well, I'm just going to spend up to that. Screw it. Yeah, I paid the 300 or whatever it was like right off the top. I was like, right. oh, just give me that. Just put me down for that. Yeah. That was um, that's, that's an interesting caveat because you, 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 uh, the way that it was, it was created was that you, you had to pay the extra money for it, uh, like actual physical cash for it. So you don't want to leave yourself a leg down. Yep. Um, beyond that, really, the teams must just remain salary compliant at all times, meaning you can't make a trade that puts you into salary non-compliance. And then, you know, with the intention of trading people off or whatever, you have to be under that 300 hard cap at all times. If a trade puts you into the luxury tax, you have to pay that luxury tax dollars due prior to the trade processing um, and then salary cap relief for players uh, cut or dropped is applied to the following year and it really just breaks down I think half the salary each year as, as it progresses until the salary is off your books entirely um, we have certain exceptions for rules like Tom you had Andrew Luck last year and that didn't quite work out for you but yeah. the BOD again with having an administration in place for your league we don't have to 14 of us scream at each other. We let the five member BOD decide, you know, the right course of action. And I think they hit it, you know, they, and they take input from the league, of course. I think they hit it nail on the head with Andrew Luck um, and gave you whatever the exact relief was, but something <laughs> that was appropriate to uh, a freak retirement from a player that everybody anticipated playing last year. Yeah, right. Most definitely. If you, if you haven't been confused yet, uh, right. And I, I was just going to say, let's let's just slow this down um, and, and break up where we're at and kind of reiterate it, because this is a lot to digest. Um, and if we get enough interest on this and a lot of people, you know, end up tweeting at us, you know, for more information, there's there maybe there's a possibility we can post our rule book. So it's a little bit more clear. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll bring we'll bring the commissioner on to explain a little more. Yeah, either way, um, there's, oh my God. if, if okay. you guys are interested at all in, in getting more information and maybe setting up your league similar to this, reach out to us. We'll help you out. This took us a lot of trial and error. The BOD did a lot of tweaks of the of the rule book. We did a lot of arguing as a, as a friend group to get it where we wanted it. I mean, this is a, a very wide-reaching, very uh, intricate, very, very, very delicate rule book. And not to say that we perfected it. This is we've We've been one year into this. Who knows how it's going to shake out three, four, five, ten years down the line, but it, it's it's a living, you know, it's a living document. Adjustments will be made as needed, right? And, and, and you know, I, we're here to help you guide you with just the the things that we've seen happen so far. Yeah, and let me so let me just touch on this because I, I was trying to get in when Scotty was talking about why we have to have valid lineups and why you would lose a, a pick because we had somebody who ended up tanking. Uh, basically to get a higher pick in, in the dynasty 
league. We wrote the rule book as clear as we could, uh, as we thought to avoid that from happening. Right. So, you know, everybody kind of came up with an idea. We said, okay, this is the best way to avoid somebody from tanking. But, you know, it, it, it was, it was the, the person themselves who, who ended up doing it. Right. So, it, it's it's hard to define exactly how things should play out and then they end up playing out and you have to make adjustments, which is why, you know, one of the things we ended up saying was, okay, listen, there has to be a valid lineup. So if you're thinking about going in and implementing something like this, the all of these different scenarios have to be thought through, right? The Andrew Luck retirement, I had a $30 salary on Andrew Luck and I'm like, okay, well now I'm out $30 for the next four years on Andrew Luck. Like, they, you have to kind of think of each of those different scenarios. So a couple of those things I think were, um, I don't want to say growing pains, but things that just kind of came out of different scenarios that happened throughout the year. I think that's fair to say. Um, so anyway, so I think that is kind of the backbone of it. Craig, do you want to walk through our inaugural draft and how that worked? Because it wasn't just a pick em. Yeah, so most, you know, fantasy football, the traditional sense, started out with, uh, you know, everyone gets a draft spot, go one through 12, one through 10, however many, you know, league mates you have, uh, and then you kind of, you know, go backwards, you know, in round two. Um, and then there was uh, another format, I think, prior to Dynasty, you know, being created, or maybe it came from Dynasty, which was, um, you know, a, an auction. Um, so what, what was done at our inaugural, inaugural draft, thanks, Tom, you make, you making me not be able to say it now, um, is we actually had an auctioneer we paid in beer, um, up there with a mallet and a player's name gets put up. We all bid on a raise our hand, you know, whatever you get your player. And we went through every single team, all 14 of us, all 24 drafts, uh, you know, um, you know, bench spots and, and everything. So however many, I'm not doing the math right now, but uh, however many players it was, we sat there for a good, I don't know, 12, 14 hours with the, with the <laughs> auctioneer we paid in beer yeah. uh, and, and got all our teams. Um, <clears throat> anyone after that was a free agent, um, you know, we were uh, allotted a, a, a fab, um, which is, you know, a free agent acquisition budget of $50 going into the season um you know so we could use that towards anyone that was a free agent but at that point with that many teams that many players uh with that deep of a bench there was there was hardly anything out there injuries definitely had to take you know uh place in order for those free agents to be even be picked up um but i think towards the end of the year everyone spent their money yeah and and so in the in in the way in which we started the league correlates with how Corey went over the it's weird to call you Corey. Uh, how Dow's went over the 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 salary structures, right? So we had two hundred and fifty dollars that you got to auction bid on, you know, with the auctioneer, with the mallet and everything. And we had six four year contracts. So at the time of the draft, you had to assign their their contract length up to two fifty. And then, like Craig said, we went into the into the season with fifty dollars. So now that you've got basically all of these things done, you play your year with your free agency, all that stuff. But now you go into the draft, which is what we're going into next weekend. Um, so, Craig, do you want to do you want to talk about how? Uh, I don't know how we're gonna how we're gonna do this so that it it, it the 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 
Craig, why don't you talk about the draft and how okay. we came up with the picks to avoid the, the tanking and making sure that it kind of right. stayed fair. So when the league was set up and the rules were put in, it was kind of designed to have it so not just the person that finished in last got the first pick because we wanted to avoid someone just saying, screw it. I'm not going to play these weeks. I'm not going to play players. I'm just going to let these other teams get free weeks. You know, it's a bye week for my team. So you don't want to, you don't want that. Uh, you, you have to have some sort of uh, competitiveness for every single team. So what was decided was the, uh, of the bottom four teams, whoever had the most points uh, would actually end up getting uh, the number one pick. Um, and then in ascending order from there or descending order from there. So, you know, we've since tweaked that. There's been other rules that, that have been in to put in place. Um, now it's going to be like whoever has the most possible points uh, of the last six weeks to remain competitive uh, throughout the entire season and especially during the time when it actually counts, like I said, so that there's no one throwing a week 13 game and pushing a guy into the playoffs that shouldn't be there. Um, but anyway, every other position after that, was by record um you know given out to you know team you know the the, the winner got pick 14 in our case because we had 14 runner up was 13 12 11 10 down from there um and then since then of the four rounds that we have in our draft i'm pretty sure 80 percent have been traded and moved hands to other teams like that's we have this one guy in our league who right now might have 14 picks i can't remember i can't keep track anymore he's got 12 oh 12. no he has 14 with the two that he just picked up so yeah yeah so so um <laughs> the, he, he he's he's gonna have something at the end that we're, we're all we're all interested to see what happens but um it's the same thing as any normal rookie draft uh and this one is not serpentine um you know you're gonna have whoever finished and got the number one pick has it in the first round second round third round fourth um you know all the rookies coming in only rookies and then uh we do have the added caveat that anyone that is not or was not on a team you know signed under contract towards the end of last season i think it was um you know going into the playoffs or it was it was at the end of the actual fantasy season if they were not on a team they're eligible for the rookie draft because pretty much you know maybe a few of them will get drafted somewhere in the in the back half uh, and then you know then we have our free agents right it, so and and just to reiterate that point we have i think anywhere between like 260 to 280 rosterable players so basically we're saying player 289 who is not rosterable by any team if you were a free agent on week 16 you can be drafted in in the rookie draft right because it doesn't mean anything to us um and most dynasty leagues are like that that allow rookies plus uh free agents um to to be drafted um I did want to I I don't I actually don't think I need to bring anything else up until we get into free agency but I think we should split probably free agency into a couple of different pieces so I don't know Scotty if you want to take free agency and then Dow's if you want to take kind of all the intricacies from that point moving forward like the or no you know what 
excuse me, we have a rookie inflation thing that we should talk about. So, Scott, I don't know if you want to talk about the rookie contracts and how the inflation on those work in the in the incoming years. So we so we've set dollar amounts and year lengths to each of these rookie picks based on the pick number. So pick one, I think is 25 bucks for four years. And then after year two, you have an option and stuff like that. So Scotty, if you want to get into that and then Dallas, you can, we can get into free agency. Yeah. So I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I know pick ones. So the first rookie pick one-on-one you have a, that's 25 bucks that you have to, to take for that rookie. You can forfeit it if you want to and not do it, but you're not going to do that. Um, like Tom said, it's it's kind of a four-year contract, but I think the rule he came up with was after two years, um, you can decide if you want to add them on for a third year. But I don't know the implications, but it's something to do with the top the top one to 12 players at that position. So One to 14. It, okay. Yeah, so it's the average by position, one through fourteen. If you were drafted in the top six, and then if you were drafted as pick number seven to fourteen, you're at the average of I believe it's now five to twenty-eight. I think those numbers are wrong. I, I have to double check them. Yeah. Um, and, I, and the, the only reason six. I'm like I think it's wrong because I've I've got three picks in the first round, and I'm like paying very close attention to it. But it it follows very similar to what the NFL does with the fifth year option on rookies where it's a yep. uh, percent of something. Right. Um, but yeah, so we've assigned a value to each pick in the first round based on pick number. And then I think second, third and fourth are all the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, it kind of took that from me there, but. <laughs> oh no, it's fine because I mean, I didn't, have it in front of me. I, I don't have a pick till the very late of the first, so I didn't really dive in too deep. But it gives you an option after year two. Like, is it worth me, you know, keeping this guy for another year? It might cost you 50 bucks in year three instead of 25. But if that guy panned out, it might be worth it. And then, then you have another option in year four right. as well. Right, and it would be that fourth year option would be the greater of the two, right? The greater of yep. of the fourth year's average or their their third year salary. So, <clears throat> interesting way to take a spin on a rookie draft and assign values to it. So it's not an auction. So everybody still has a fair shot at a player. Um, and then we go into free agency. So every year, obviously, you're going to have turnover on roster, right? So we had six. One, every person in our inaugural draft had six players that they could assign a one-year contract to. So now in 2020, we're now sitting there with a group of players who had an expired contract. Now they go into a pool in free agency where basically we go into an auction but it's not just an auction. There's a lot of different multipliers in Dallas. Why don't you, why don't you talk about yeah. that? Yeah. Um, so we still, I don't, I still don't know that we've hashed out exactly how we're going to do this, but we know what we're doing mathematically. So we know that we are going to compare perceived value is what I think the phrase that we're most commonly using at this point. So perceived value of the contract, which is influenced by Hometown discount. So if you are the one who had a player that is now in free agency and being bid upon, you get a multiplier for a hometown discount that makes your perceived value in this bid 
higher than your opponent who may be also bidding. Uh, at the same time, you have other playoff team multipliers, which is obviously just for playoff teams. If you didn't make the playoffs, you don't get that multiplier, and that's supposed to simulate um, a player's desire to play for a winning team. Uh, trying to simulate realism into this, you know, into this uh, artificial world of fantasy football where we don't have players who have free will making picks. So we're trying to simulate something similar to it. I think we're close. We're obviously going to play with these numbers as the years progress to figure out what works best and maybe take some that does work well, take some that doesn't and figure out the way to go about it best. But as far as the free agency itself, I don't know that we've decided what we're doing. Um, if we're doing a blind bet, I, I, we, I, we've talked about this ad nauseum. So we very well may have decided and I've blacked it out of my mind. Uh, but you guys are more than welcome to chime in here with what we're doing. But essentially, everybody's going to be aware of everybody else's picks at this point and just looking and trying to beat the value as they come up. And we're going to have everybody with a tool that can give you your perceived value if you punch and play with the numbers or plug and play with the numbers. And then you know in real time what you're offering, what the highest bid on a player is, and exactly what you need to bid to beat it. At the same time, this tool is going to check you against your own um, team remaining budget so you cannot go over and overbid and make yourself non-compliant because as tom said we all lost a minimum of six players off of our rosters just from one-year contracts but we also all lost uh all of the free agents that we've or all the waiver pickups that we may have signed throughout the year so everybody's replacing players on their team um it's yeah it's just going to be interesting to see how this all works out but you have you have a reserve that you have to meet and we all have different uh dedicated um, contracts that are associated with the draft picks that we still have retained. So on Friday night, we're going to be doing our rookie draft and you owe X amount of dollars based on the associated values of your draft picks. So come Saturday, when we start our free agency, your number is going to be different than what it was Friday. And it's obviously going to be less. And you need to make sure that you're still able to fill the 22 minimum player roster requirement. So don't you, if you have $40 remaining, you can't bid $39 on one guy if you need to sign seven. It's a very, very complex, complex, delicately <laughs> balanced system. Yeah. So let let me let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and take some of that complexity out and just real high level our free agency. How it works is that if Dow's has Raheem Mostert and he has Raheem Mostert on with a hometown discount. All right. So basically, we are creating. Um, uh, fake narratives for the, for our fake players. And we're saying Raheem Mostert would rather play for Dows than sign with another team. So Dows gets a 20% right increase, right? Right. So Dows bids 10 bucks on Raheem Mostert. So Dows is saying, I'm going to pay Raheem Mostert 10 bucks, but the perceived value to Raheem Mostert, our, our fake player here is $12, right? Because it's 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 a 20% increase from the $10 bid. So we've created multipliers not only just on who had the player in the previous year, um, w were you a playoff team or not, but there's also uh, devaluation factors for multiple year contracts. So if you offer a two, three, uh, four year contract, um, you actually get perceived less value um, over time. So it, it, it's pretty intricate in how that bidding process works, but we, and, and it's not perfect. 
And I don't think that we can say it's perfect or it's a good system until we've gone through it. But this is what we have right now. And I think, you know, every year after we're going to have discussions on what worked, what didn't work, how we changed things, um, because it is a very, very unique league. It's not this isn't a dynasty league that is geared towards allowing you to keep your players year over year like most dynasty leagues are. This is a dynasty league that is manage your cap year over year and be competitive. And it's an incredibly hard thing uh, uh, to do. Um, so I, I don't know if I missed anything in any of that. And I don't know where to go next um, after that. I don't know. Do we want to talk about just some of the, the shenanigans that we do with the uh, wheel of skins and side bets <laughs> and some of the different trades? We're, we're at about a half cool. an hour. We want to do the back end a, as a rookie draft as well. But I want to kind of give a you know a couple minutes about just the actual interaction of our league because it's, it's very unique. Cool. Like when you get this many people who care this much about fantasy altogether, really, really cool things happen. Sure. So one thing I'll mention is in the, um, you know, luxury tax, right? Everyone has to pay up for that. So we have a, a, a full fund of money that everyone pretty much put into that is now helping us get our uh, nice cabin and help pay for this nice trophy that I got for winning the dynasty league. I don't know if this is going up on the YouTube, but it's not <laughs> the YouTube yeah. 45. And so, and so what Craig's referencing is that every year we are the, the, the dollars that you pay over the luxury tax that we had talked about, we put towards a lake house. So we actually have a massive Airbnb in Maine on the lake. Uh, and Craig's sitting back with his toes in the water, <laughs> holding a, holding a nice little trophy. Yeah, and that's a well, big thing little. to our treasurer it's on that little. one who was <laughs> smart and financially savvy enough to throw our additional money into a money market account and made a little bit of money for the league. You know, a very helpful, very helpful, smart guy. I don't say that about Dickie all that often, so maybe clip that for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll um, clip it for him and play it back on the loop. <laughs> so the um, what we did, too, as a league was, I mean, this might change, but the last four people in the league, they are now the beer – bitches i guess or um <laughs> so it's a we're adults here scotty it's it's okay it's beer bitches okay um and, and some of you are listening yeah dows is part some of that group you are on the podcast but, um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's also a, a thing too it's like you can tank or you can get down low but you're also a beer bitch for the entire weekend for fourteen people, which for is not people. this is not one person. And it's this and is it's a lot of work. And it's keg beer. Yeah, it's a keg. <laughs> I should and, get yeah. I should get absolved since I did the whole ordering. Gonna... <laughs> I'm doing the pickup. I'm doing all the work here. That was okay. did order the keg is picking up. Yeah, work we'll, that out with the we'll other you, bitches. We'll cut you some slack. <laughs> the the other three are, are It's uh, gonna be way screwed. more fun to give it to the other three anyways than me. So Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh but I wanted to get into just real quick, just to mention our scoring. It's standard scoring, but it's standard for us. So I just want to cruise through that real quick because a lot of teams still have like a lot of psychopath leagues have like six points for a passing touchdown still, which is just crazy. Um, we do one point for 25 yards as a passer, four points a touchdown, minus one for an interception. Fairly standard again for us, but not for everybody. Uh, rushing gets one point per 10 yards. Touchdowns are six for running backs and minus two for fumbles lost. Receptions, like Tom mentioned at the top of it, are half a point each, a half point PPR league. 
and yards are again one point for 10 yards touchdowns for receivers are six and fumbles lost are minus two it's just important to mention for when you hear us talking about rankings for our league and we talk about our dynasty league and i'm saying like, oh he's a qb6 or qb7 that will change if you have different scoring just wanted to mention that but this i feel works well for dynasty especially the half point ppr it keeps it pretty level for running back versus wide receiver value and then knocking down the quarterback so you're not having a quarterback heavy or quarterback dependent league like you don't have the top one quarterback and you know your team's useless because Peyton Manning dropped 60 touchdowns on you and scored 7,000 points that year yeah just the, the two flex no kicker no defense because those guys suck yeah no kicker no defense get real right right um all right do we want to head into the rookie draft draft yeah or, yeah of course yeah. okay so we're going to do a quick rookie draft. We're going into our rookie draft, so I think it, it it's going to be interesting to see where everything goes. Um, Scotty, I don't know. All you have to do is probably hit a a start button. But, Craig, yeah. you got 101, um, oh, yeah. which you don't have in our actual draft, but take us through no. 101. I think that would be anarchy if the champion had 101. <laughs> hey, um, it could anyway. happen. I mean, yeah, it's with the amount of picks. I mean, you have it. So are you saying that you're going to trade it to me? No. Go ahead. Take your pick. <laughs> um, so the one guy that I've had, and we've, we've had a few uh, rookie uh, podcasts, the guy I have at the top uh, would be Jonathan Taylor. Um, I see a lot more longevity in him than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I know a lot of people are between the two of them. They're, they seem to be very neck and neck almost – Every other week, they're switching spots. But my guy uh, that I have up there is Jonathan Taylor, so that's where I'm going to go at 101 if, if I have it this year. Yeah, and that guy was the top-shelf consensus 101. Um, after that was CEH, of course, uh, then J.K. Dobbins, and then Swift, which I can see happening. Um, C.D. Lamb goes at five. I know um, Dallas has pick three, so I'm, I'm not sure if he gets can go differently at pick three than Dobbins would. But um, I had picked six in this little mock draft thing. And I'm going to go and pick uh, Jerry Judy. Because I feel like at, at that point, uh, Judy and Lamb are the two top receivers. Then people fall off after that. So, yeah. 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 And Scotty, I think that I think you actually have Judy at six, right? Did you just – you like you nailed I, sleepers I, ranking right there. I think I have – yeah. I No, well, I see H and Taylor just swap, but per, yeah, pretty close. Okay, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> well, Craig made the human pick of Jonathan Taylor, so the sleepers Sleeper might have been CH. That's just funny. Um, yeah, so I have pick 109 here. I have pick 108 in a real dynasty draft. Uh, I haven't been really shy about who I'm interested in in this range. Um, Tell them who, who went before that, though. Yeah, so in, in after Scotty took Judy was Cam Akers and uh, Jalen Rhaegar, who I think I think Rhaegar uh, Targaryen is, is in, an incredibly uh, valuable wide receiver. Uh, but I think that Justin Jefferson uh, is, is a steal – uh, this area in the draft, I think that his talent is is just as good. And with the Cook drama that's going on there and the old Adam Thielen, I think Justin Jefferson could, uh, you know, be a nice little steal somewhere in, in the middle here. Uh, and then, Dows, you're on the clock after Henry Ruggs and Keyshawn Vaughn go. 
Yeah, um, Henry Ruggs, I was a little surprised, fell after uh, Rager and uh, Jefferson, but, you know, definitely to make sense, especially with the recent injury, you know, who knows how he's going to recover from that. It's, everybody says he's fine, but I always have my doubts about news coming out of Oakland. Then you have Keyshawn Vaughn, who went at 111, and me at 112. I have to make a pick. Uh, realistically, I think we talk about this all the time, you're not taking quarterbacks in the first round. They're just they're not, they're not people you're targeting. Running backs right now would be like a Zach Moss or an A.J. Dillon. That's not somebody who I see a ton of value in. So I guess at 112, I would go ahead. And I'm, I'm, t- I'm really torn between two guys, but I'm going to take this one. I like him a little bit better. I'm taking T. Higgins at 112. Um, I mean, I was torn between the guy who got picked next was Denzel Mims. I think they both have great value. Mims might be a little bit better right now with the role he's going to walk into on the Jets. Uh, T Higgins probably better for down the line, especially if AJ green decides he's, he's either done in Cincy or he's holding out. So then after that, uh, the quarterback went Joe Burrow. Um, and that was at the end of the round back off to me at the beginning of the second. Um, again, like you had mentioned, Zach Moss and AJ Dillon are not of value at this point for me, especially since I've already taken a running back. I mean, everything's team dependent. Everyone How do you that. feel about the Joe Burrow pick out of curiosity? Craig at 12. Good spot. 13. Uh, well, oh, 13. 14. Oh, sorry, 14, right. <laughs> I mean, I see him going there. I, I see him going, you know, early second. Uh, it, it It is a so team dependent. Um, I think it, it falls in line, I feel, with a little bit of talent because I, I would, if I needed a quarterback, I would say if I needed a quarterback and a wide receiver, this is this is what the dilemma would be. Um, Pittman Jr. is left, Chenault and Ayuk. And I would probably take joe burrow over those three because there's question marks all around those three um you know Pittman being an indie quarterback you know is going to be there a good quarterback's gonna be there this year you don't know about after that i personally am not a huge fan on him anyway but uh who, who i'm gonna go with is a guy brandon Ayuk, who uh, at least has some playing time coming up this year i'm gonna go for guys that are at least gonna try and get as much playing time as possible now um and i know that San Francisco liked him a lot and you know they have a, a better quarterback throwing to him than Chenault. All right, and then after that was uh Pittman Jr., Lavishka, uh Tua, and then Zach Moss went at the two oh five. Uh my turning in at the two oh six. Um a couple of players that are interesting on the board. This is where you get to the AJ Dillon type of players, the Antonio Gibson, McFarlane running backs. But um, I think at this point, it's a safe pick to pick Brian Edwards from the LV Raiders, just because I think after that, um, besides Chase Claypool, it kind of fall off a little bit for the wide receivers. So I think that's one of the last, you know, not top tier, but but good value receivers in this draft. Yeah, I, I actually really like uh, Brian Edwards. I think that he is a steal uh, over there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm kind of torn between Claypool and uh, Gibson. Uh, I love what Gibson brings. He is so dynamic. Um, but I do have Claypool ranked ahead of him. Um, I think that the Pittsburgh supplement wide receivers to uh, Juju are underwhelming and Dows has made a lot of good points about how well um Pittsburgh drafts wide receivers so I'm gonna take Chase Claypool here 
um, after after Brian Edwards, AJ Dillon, KJ Hamler go. Uh, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Claypool. Great pick, great pick. Glad I could sway your opinion ever so slightly <laughs> on Pittsburgh Riders theories. Alrighty, so uh, after Tom took Chase Claypool, you have Darrington Evans running back in Tennessee. Um, he's behind Derrick Henry, so I would probably not have taken him, but that's just me. I guess he's one injury away from playing, so there's value there. Uh, running back, next one off the board is Antonio Gibson, and then um, I'm on the clock at 212. I got a decision to make here. Um, now, it's kind of – I'm on the fence. So I can take a running back who has maybe a good shot at playing in Anthony McFarland, or I can take a guy who has a little bit more upside. And, again, it's going to – Craig mentioned a lot during his pick. It's going to come down to your individual team needs – but I'm kind of trying to draft this as if it were for our dynasty league, just to kind of give myself uh, some sort of metric to go off, not just straight drafting on value. Um, and I am going to go ahead and take a guy that I think has tremendous upside in, a, in an offense that's due to uh, I don't know, rebound from a tough year. And that is Mr. Van Jefferson. That's a good pick. That's a good. Pick. I know you like him, Tom. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I like, I like Van Jefferson. Um, and then after Van Jefferson, uh, who is it? Josh Kelly and Anthony McFarland. Are we only doing two rounds? Right. No, just keep going. Oh, yeah, yeah. Keep going. We'll, we'll do three just to see the, you know, the later guys. Yeah. I mean, everyone, most play, uh, most leagues have three. Yep. Um, so after that, it was the two running backs, Joshua Kelly for the chargers and Anthony McFarland for the Steelers. Uh, backup guys, uh, and that's kind of what you're looking at running back right now. Even at wide receiver, you're kind of looking at backup stuff. Um, and the player I'm going to take at this point is a backup, but it's the ever so crazy tight end position. I'm going to go with the uh, the guy um, that was taken at least of value in the draft this year, which is Cole Komet. Yeah, I mean, that, at that spot, it's a great pick. After that was um, Deverney from Baltimore, the wide receiver. Justin Herbert finally goes um, at the 303 spot. Then Tyler Johnson, and I'm going to butcher this name, Antonio Gandy. Golden. Golden. It wasn't that Who, hard. <laughs> Tyler Johnson in that in that log jam over in uh, Tampa Bay. It's going to be a very interesting guy to watch. I mean, obviously, always an injury away from real playing time, but there's a lot of talent in that Tampa Bay uh, wide receiver room, so be interesting. To yeah, see and I do. think like I think he's the third round guy mainly because you're drafting him for a dynasty league. Like you're yeah. you're you're getting this guy for two or three years down the road. Yep. But um, Evans and Evans and Godwin's are still young. I mean, maybe they don't stick around in Tampa. You know, I guess that's the right. Side, but. Yeah, I mean that that's why it's a third round pick because if yeah. he doesn't hit, then yeah, who cares? third round pick, you paid a buck um, for him. Yeah, so I'm up I'm up through three oh six and I'm looking at guys that I don't love um in particular, but um I don't know if this is tough. I'm gonna go with Eno Benjamin just because I know Chase Edmonds showed flashes last year as a backup, but um I don't know if he is the guy long term. But at three oh six it if Drake isn't the guy that they pan him out to be, you know, he could be in the mix. I mean, you've seen this in Arizona a lot in the last couple of years. Guy comes out of nowhere and, and does something kind of like David Johnson did at that time. Yeah. I it, mean, yeah, it's at their own pick too. <laughs> right. Well, and you're kind of taking dart throws. Cue it up. 
<laughs> on some of these guys and uh and, and after Eno goes it's Michael P Ryan uh Adam uh Trotman uh, I don't know who that is uh, I think, yeah that's yeah. good anyway <laughs> he's uh um, he's it's a tight end New Orleans it's tight end in New Orleans that's all you need to know um the guy I'm going to take here is uh is DJ Dallas but I just want to take a second to talk about him because I think that there's actually some value around him uh, and a Seattle offense that has Chris Carson as their lead back. Rashad Penny hasn't done anything. They signed uh, Carlos Hyde, but on a one-year deal. They're looking for somebody in the future, and there's enough tape on DJ Dallas to just say that if he's given an opportunity, he could potentially run with it. He could also potentially be another Rashad Penny, but it's the third round, and I'll take a shot on that. Alrighty, and then after you took DJ Dallas, Lynn Bowden Jr. came off the board, as did Quintez Cephas. Um, so right now, if I'm looking at just purely uh, talent off the board, I'm looking at like a Jordan Love maybe, but I don't really think I'm going to take a quarterback in this. So I'm going to go ahead and do something that I usually do, and that's pick guys that I think are going to actually play and contribute. Um, if I'm really just torn between guys, if he's on the field, that's a good sign. So I'm taking Mr. Dalton Keene, tight end for the Patriots. They got to play somebody this year. Maybe dart it's throw. him, maybe it's Asiasi, but we'll find out. It's my dart throw of the year right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then after Dalton Keene is uh, Jordan Love and Gabriel Davis. Uh, we were only going to go two rounds. I, I really don't want to go four because I don't know half of these guys, and they're irrelevant. Um <laughs> This makes me want to trade all of my fourth round picks for right now <laughs> after this podcast I'm going to. Yeah, I guess we should have mentioned that too. We have fourth round picks in our dynasty league. Uh, they're on they're on the chopping block. They're on the hot seat. Yeah. Eh, that's gross. And we and there's fourteen teams, so I mean it's like it's the thirty seventh four oh one's the thirty seventh pick. I've been saying that since day one. Uh, like, I totally agree with you on the same spot, dude. Viable players. The thing is, like, I'd rather save the dollar I'd spend on a fourth round pick on a free agent during the season. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. because like, it's way better. And know. you get him and you get him for two years. If you get him like so, sometimes it is a hindrance to actually draft the fourth round player because you have him for two years. You get like, him for two years, and if you drop him, he's still a dollar on still a dollar. dollar because fifty. We don't do change, so fifty percent of a dollar is a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fourth yeah, round picks are actively detrimental. The... Hey, carbs, eat your heart out, bud. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, now we're he, well, he... now we're calling out our league mates. <laughs> he, he, he traded them all in the thirds. Now he has hey. one fourth left. Wild. Sad. Um, all right let's let's wrap this up um i think so we have uh after this is gonna be the live podcast of the actual dynasty draft that we're all there Um, and we're very sorry in advance it's gonna be entertaining as hell so you'll probably get some uh some cameos from some maybe some of our league mates that we often reference. We'll get to put some faces to some names. Maybe we'll do a YouTube for you so you can have a video. Yeah, we'll we'll do we'll do something really cool. Um, let's all just run off what we got. So I have I only have three picks, but it's one hundred one, one hundred eight, and one ten. Scotty, I have um one thirteen, three hundred four, four hundred. 
five and four eleven, which I'm gonna try to trade tonight. <laughs> Craig. Yeah, I have one eleven and then four oh three and then Mr. Irrelevant four fourteen. The dead last. <laughs> and Dallas. And I am down to simply one oh three and two eleven, which was originally Scotty's pick. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> All right. Um but I added Lamar Jackson and Julio Jones. Come on. That's pretty good. I think I mean, we will take a screenshot for you and show you exactly what our board looks like before the draft because on Sleeper, it shows you whose pick it is, but it shows you whose pick it is actually after trades. And our board is absolutely disgusting of, of oh. how many trades have, have happened in the last like two months. Yeah, I don't. Can we even do that though? Because like I don't have the same. Like I don't have a second or third round or fourth round pick. We can actually. I can make something up. Actually, I'll just do it in Excel for you, and I'll just slot in everybody's name for their actual pick with the actual pick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll do. We'll do something to put it up there. Whatever. Whatever. It's it's disgusting. It's kind of hilarious. We have, beautiful. We have one guy who has, I think, ten of the fourteen picks in the third round. Like he is really hard after Adam Troopman and uh, Lynn Bowden. So, We're all gonna be able to take a nice little breather. You, <laughs> yep. yeah. I'm, I'm taking a break and I'm gonna go shotgun. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking my three picks in the first and I'm out. <laughs> have he's, a good gonna, one. he's gonna be trying to get everyone to trade with, and everyone's gonna be walked away because he oh, has. Yeah, no I'm not gonna be in the room. <laughs> Seriously. Um, all right. Well, let's wrap this up. So this is Podcast 68, TopShelfFantasy.com, TopShelfFNTSY, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and that that's Podcast 68. Thank you for listening. This is Top Shelf Fantasy. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TopShelfFNTSY. Head over to our website at TopShelfFantasy.com. Stay fluid, stay loose.